Good morning, Rock Church. Good to see everybody. Uh, welcome to the Rock Church. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, my name is Travis. I am one of the pastors here, so I want to welcome everybody. If you're in the room today, if you're joining us online, or maybe you're watching this at a later date, uh, God bless you and welcome. But also, I really want to say hello, because this week we got some letters and got some, some response from all of the men and women in the prisons in California. You've been joining us. You've been watching us. You've been sending prayer requests and prayers. We want to say we love you. We see you. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our church. So come on, Rock Church. Put your hands together. Let's clap for everybody. Welcome, everybody. So honored that you're here today. Thanks for being a part of our family. And if you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, we're going to start a new series today, but before I tell you about that, uh, two things I want to say. One, we have something coming up on October 21st called Team Conference. Everybody say Team Conference. Team Conference. Team conference. And, and unfortunately, it's just for those that are on the team. Just for those individuals that serve with us, that kind of move the vision forward, they're, they're walking around the aisles, they're opening your doors, they're waving your cars in as you enter the church, they're taking care of your kiddos at Rock Kids. They're on the team. And we're doing a conference for them just to celebrate, love them, encourage them. Here's the good news. You can join the team before team conference. Come on, somebody. Because we got some good stuff coming. We got some giveaways, prizes, special guest speakers. It's gonna be a great day on the 21st. But one of the requirements that we have everybody do is go to life class before they join the team because we want you to know how God has gifted you, how he's given you gifts and talents, strengths, all so that you can go and make a difference in our church and in the world, in the city, and in your life. We tell you about who we are as a church. The good news is that we have life class coming up on October 8th, October 8th. So I see you, you're in your phones right now. Mark October 8th on your calendar, put it in your phone. Uh, many, many of you have been meeting to get to life class anyways. This is the time to do it. Go to life class on October 8th. Then you can register and be invited to, to team conference and you're not gonna wanna miss it. Can I get a good amen from everybody? Amen, amen. All right, that's good. That was it. That was my commercial to start things off. T today, uh, we're starting a new series on prayer called Direct Messages, DMs, Direct Messages. And we're gonna do four weeks. Today, I'm gonna talk about why we pray. Why we pray. Because I think a lot of us know that God tells us that we should pray all throughout scripture. He's encouraging us, commanding us. We're gonna see that today, the story I, I share with you. Uh, we also know that Jesus prayed. That's probably a, pr a good enough reason to, to get us to pray. But here's the deal. We're not praying. We know it's in the scriptures. We know it's in the Bible. We know that Jesus prayed, but I think there's another reason that I can help motivate you to bring some tension and motivation to get you to pray today. That's what I'm gonna share today. Why should we pray? Why do we pray? And then next week, come back. We're gonna be talking about uh, how we pray, different types of prayer. And third week, when we pray, what happens when we pray on earth as it is in heaven. And then the fourth week, Pastor Miles is bringing a message after we pray. It's gonna be good. Don't miss this. Mark your count. The next four weeks, this could be the series that changes your life. I, I'm believing it will for some people. This could be the one that takes you from here to there in Jesus' name. So let's pray together, then we'll, we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, this, this church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your bride. Thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, would you speak through me? Would you anoint my lips? Would you anoint my words? May everything that's shared today grow people. And lift them up, call them out and call them up all so they get closer and closer to the sun. That's Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Um, one of the shows that, that is mostly safe for the whole family, at least most times when we're watching, is Family Feud. Yeah. Family Feud. Yeah. And, and <laughs> how many, you, you didn't even know Family Feud was around when Al Borland was the host. Poor Al, right? 
You don't even know that Al Borland from, from Tool Time, he was the host until Steve Harvey got there. Now we're all watching Family Feud. We're watching the feud. And I, I love Family Feud. You got two teams. Sometimes it's, you know, this group of friends versus this group of friends. Sometimes it's th- these celebrities versus these celebrities. Uh, but it's usually five people against this group, group of five people. And then Steve comes out and they can't talk to each other. They can't share answers. And he starts out with something like this. We asked a hundred men. That's when I got to check the room to make sure everything's secure. Cause you don't even, you don't know what kind of sideways answers we're going to get. When you start with, we asked a hundred men, it could get weird. Uh, and he'll say, we asked a hundred men, what is your favorite midnight snack? And they ask the, the contestants and they can't talk to each other. And so it's my turn and I'm up there. And, and these guys come up with the worst answers. Because I'm, I'm at home, no pressure, right? I'm like, no pressure. I, I get all these right. Steve, I'm at home like you watching the feud. And, and, and I, I'm like, ice cream's number one, cereal's in the top five, cookie. I'm, I'm thinking about all of those. And this dude comes out, we asked 100 men, what's your favorite midnight snack? He goes, uh, 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 string cheese. Like, n- nobody was thinking string cheese, bro. Like, no one was thinking that. But it's the pressure. You just come out with some strange answers sometimes. Like no one's trying to get cheese, dog. It was 11 o'clock at night. You'd be messing your gut up. The whole thing would be bad. But they can't talk to the person next to them. It's just their own, whatever they come up with. But here's the thing. No matter what answer they give, their friends and family always do this. Good answer, good answer, good answer, good answer, good answer. Every time. Every, we asked 100 men. String cheese, good answer, good answer, good answer, good answer. It was a terrible answer. No one was thinking string cheese. When you and I pray, we don't have to come up with our own answers. Every time we pray, God comes with an answer and it's always what? A good answer. Every single time. The problem that I think we're seeing and the problem that I think we're feeling is that there aren't enough of us praying. And having this direct message type of conversation, relationship with Jesus, and I hear it every single week. Well, I know I should be praying more, Pastor. I know I, I, I just, I, just I, I, I think people feel awkward. I don't know. Maybe that's your story. Maybe you just feel uncomfortable. You don't know what to say. You, you don't know when and, and should I be on my knees and should I, just, should I, should, should I be floating? I don't know what I should... I don't understand prayer and I've heard some really dynamic people pray and I don't want you to be intimidated by prayer. I want you to hear this. God wants to talk to you in prayer. And so I just want to give you some prayer 101. This is church review for the church folks, but a couple of things about prayer is, is and is not. Prayer is not about religion. It's, it doesn't have to be traditional. It doesn't have to be stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. You don't have to have these things memorized. It, it's not about a fancy type of language. Like the bigger, the bigger my words, the better my prayers. That doesn't exist. That's not real. But sometimes we, we make it seem that way. Prayer is not genie theology. The moment I got saved, I found the magic lamp. I get three wishes for free. That's not what prayer is either. Prayer is not name it and claim it because I said it, it will come to pass. Prayer is not spiritual negotiation. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Prayer is a whole lot of things that, that it, it, it's not a whole lot of things that people make it out to be. But here's what it is. Prayer is about a relationship, not religion. It's intimate. It's about your heart. It's about the spirit. Prayer isn't fancy talk, language. It's honest communication. Watch this. You can actually speak to God in your own voice, in your own tone, just like this. That's what prayer is. 
I just talk to God and be honest. I can be angry, I can be frustrated, I can be sad. It's just honest communication with God. It's not genie theology, but it is a surrender theology where God, not my will, but I'm praying according that your will will be done. I'm surrendered to you. It's by faith. I, I, I'm not naming and claiming it, but I am declaring things that I have not yet seen. I am believing that it could come to pass in Jesus' name. And ultimately, prayer is not a spiritual negotiation. If you do, I will. It is a covenant agreement. You understand at the end of the day, Jesus is ultimately in control. And Jesus knows this, the Lord knows this, so he teaches us about prayer. Uh, if you've got your Bible, go to Luke chapter 18. Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's the third book in the New Testament. And so the second half of your Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and Luke chapter 18, and Jesus teaches a parable, which is just a short story with a big meaning. And Luke 18, and I'll start in verse one, read through verse eight, I'll unpack it for you. Luke chapter 18, verse one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And sometime he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what other people think, yet because this widow keeps bugging me, she's on me, she's bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. That's how faithful she's coming to me. I feel like she's just gonna bust through the doors pretty soon and attack me, so I'm I'm gonna give her justice. In verse six, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Here's what what Jesus is teaching. He says, there's a woman who was pleading with this judge, who wasn't a good man, he wasn't a righteous man, he wasn't a man of God, he's just a judge, and she's pleading, give me justice. And he ignores her for a while, but eventually she wears him down. She just wears him, she's just so faithful in her prayer life, or her, her, her petition to him. And he goes, you know what, because you just keep asking, I'm just gonna give you what you've been asking for. And Jesus says, that's what I want you to see. That's the model right there. How much more would your father in heaven not bring justice for you, for you that cry out day and night, day and night? But are you crying out day and night, day and night? Are you praying in such a way that God would feel that I wanna answer their prayer? Because here's how the the story ends and I wanna kinda dig into this part. Verse seven, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Verse eight, I tell you, he will see they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm looking for people that pray. I'm searching for a church that prays. But I think he's concerned because we have a church or a people in a world that have enough faith to get themselves inside the walls of church, but maybe not enough faith to be a person of prayer. When the Son of Man comes, will he see people have faith enough to pray? And so, and so it's, not, it's not like, I, I know what it is, it's just we're, not just we're not doing it enough. We're not doing it enough. I love this quote by Billy Graham. I got, the, got that, this quote this week. It says, heaven is filled with answers to prayers nobody thought to pray. Heaven is filled with answers to prayers that none of us thought to pray. We're not praying. We're not praying. Well, Travis, I, I tried it. It didn't work. I, I didn't, it didn't do what I thought it would do. It works for them. 
That's my grandma. Didn't work for me. I didn't get the results I was hoping for. Listen, prayer, prayer is not cardio kickboxing. You just try it out and see how it's gonna go. Now, prayer is something that we wanna, we wanna cultivate and create a lifestyle of doing. It's not just something you try. And so he's teaching us, Jesus is teaching that we should be Christians that always pray in every circumstance. And why would he put so much, so much emphasis? Because I think Jesus knows why we should pray. I think he knows why, and he knows what happens when we pray. And that's the question I want to answer for you today. Why should we pray? Why do we pray? I want you to lean in for this. Here's why. We pray because prayer changes things. That's why we pray. We pray, you should pray, because prayer changes things. I wrote this down because maybe... This is easy for you. Let me say this first. Um, prayer changes things. I, th- th- in my bathroom hall growing up as a kid, I remember seeing this picture and it said, prayer changes things. And I would sit there brushing my teeth and be like, prayer changes things. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. A little boy just, just looking, looking at the wall and just prayer changes things. And I get a little bit older and, and I've been learning what prayer changes. Th- and it didn't make sense to me. Prayer Changes things. And maybe for you, you've been going, I, I, I don't know. And so here's what I wrote down, and I'll put it up on the screen. Write this down. Prayer is the difference between where I am and where I want to be. Get that today. Write that down today. Prayer changes things, but, but here it is in a different way. Prayer takes me from where I am to where I want to be. And so if you're sick and you need healing, you should pray. If, if you're single and you desire to be in a relationship, you should what? You should pray. If, if, you're, if you're in a job that you don't like and you want a better one, you should pray. Uh, prayer is the difference between where I am and where I want to be, where I am and where I need to be, where I am where I'm supposed to be, and in between here and where I'm supposed to be, want to be, should be, it's just a whole bunch of prayer. Just a whole bunch of, of, of prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Prayer is the divine catalyst that begins to change the things in your life that need to go, grow, leave, and vanish in Jesus' name. It's the catalyst. It's the activator. It's the thing that begins the change. It takes me from here to where I want to be. Now, if you don't need some change in your life, then you don't need to pray. If you're, if you're, if you're straight, you're good. You're like, listen, I'm fine. You don't need to pray. You, you, don't, you don't have to Pray, prayer, pray, pray, prayer is for those individuals that want to see their life change. And so, ladies, if you, if you love dating dogs, you don't need to pray. Uh, you can just do that. Uh, you can just find them anywhere. You don't need prayer for that. But if you want a man of God, come on. You, right here, they already know. They've been prayer warriors in the front. You, you want a man of God? A man that prays for you? A man that shows up to church, ladies, a, a man that comes looking, looking good, he, he smells good, talks good, looks good, acts right, treats you right, wants to serve you, take you out, works hard, comes back home. He, he's, he's a man of one woman. He's a man of, you can't just show up. You've got to pray for that man. You've got to pray for him. All the men all quiet. I, I got two out of the list. I was like two of them. Fellas, the same thing. If you, if, you, if, you, if you just want to go around dating Barbie girls in a Barbie, trying to live in a Barbie world, you know what I mean? <laughs> Was this a, a dressed in plastic? It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. 
Undress them anywhere. Like you can just find them anywhere. You don't need to pray for them. But if you want a woman of God, you want a woman of God, a, Prov- a, a Proverbs 31 woman. And she, she's, she's got noble character. She honors you. She speaks with respect. She's kind, she's gentle, but she's strong. She's filled with the spirit. She prays for you. She supports you in your goals as you support her and her goals. You can't just show up for that, you gotta pray for that. Prayer is for those people that want to see their life change for the good, to be more like Jesus, to live for Jesus, to live with greater purpose, to live a life that makes a difference. So I wanna make it real practical for you today. I wanna give you some things that change when you and I begin to pray. Here's the first thing. Prayer changes my mind. Prayer changes my mind. That's my thoughts, my thought life. Prayer changes my mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request. Just talk to God in prayer. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, one, of, one of my cars as a young adult, the weather stripping was wearing out. And I used to get real anxious when the weather got bad and it started to rain because the weather stripping was worn and so water would get in a little bit. And kind of like a little, little light splash and then the carpet was a little bit drippy if it really started to get serious. But maybe the worst part was that all the windows would get fogged up. Anybody with me on that? Just like, I'm, I'm like, I, and, and it's, I don't even know, like, do you, do you put the heat on to get the defrost going or you put the a- AC on? Like, which one works the best? I don't know. It's a battle. Struggle's real with the defrost. <laughs> but but I, w- I would kind of get a little bit anxious because my car was all, fo- I couldn't see it. It was so cloudy. It, it was so, I just couldn't see. And so I would carry like a little, like a little rat, rag in my car and I would sit here just like, just driving safe, you know what I mean? Just like this. Just trying to see through all of, all of the fog in my life. Prayer is like that towel. When, when things are cloudy and my mind is confused and I'm overwhelmed and I'm getting anxious, I can take prayer and I can wipe my life clean of all the fog and I, I can begin to think clearly, I can begin to see clearly, I can begin to dream clearly. Why? Because I'm not clouded anymore with my thoughts and my anxiousness. Why? Because I've been praying. That's what Paul says. He said, don't be anxious, pray. I pray spiritually. But so many of us are worried about everything because you pray about nothing. I'm worried about everything because I'm not praying about anything. But my prayers can change my mind. I go from confused and cloudy to crystal clear in Jesus' name. Here's the second thing that happens when we pray. Prayer changes my heart. Prayer changes my heart. It's my emotions. It's my, my heart. My emotions. Psalm 147 verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Uh, when I was growing up in, in, in church and I grew up in a Christian home, going to church, went to all boys Catholic school just because trying to get that private education and hopefully it turned out all right. But I remember going to youth group. We call it youth group. Right now we, we call it student ministry. We go to youth group. And at the end of the night, we would take prayer requests. And this is where all the young people got nervous because everyone's about to get exposed right here. We do prayer requests at the end of the night. And we go around and pray, pray for my, I'm, I'm taking my final. I pray because there's this girl I like. Pray because my dad's mad at me and I'm grounded. 
But then there was this thing that we would call the unspoken. And then when it got to someone with like a real, real deep, deep, hard, they're, they're, they're going through it. Instead of saying, pray for this, they would say, uh, unspoken. And sometimes it would get out of hand once the unspoken started, because then the next person would go, me too, unspoken. <laughs> and once we knew that car was out, we were, we were all unspoken. Everybody was unspoken, unspoken. Me too, uh, uh, write me down for an unspoken. <laughs> it's unspoken prayer. We weren't telling anybody what we were praying for. It was unspoken. But unspoken was what we told people when we were communicating that I'm really, really, really going through something tough. And how many know that there's some things in our lives that we go through that we often don't even have words for? I just, I just, I just can't even, it's just, it's unspoken. It's so heavy, it's so deep, it's so, it's that breakup, it's the divorce, it's the job loss I wasn't expecting. It's the cancer diagnosis that we, we didn't even see coming. And now it's weighting me down, it's overwhelming, I, I'm, I'm devastated, I'm heartbroken, it's emotional. And the temptation is to just sit in my pain and not talk to anybody, let alone talk to God in prayer. That's the temptation. But look what Psalm 30 verse two says. It says, Lord my God, I called to you for help and you what, you healed me. In my pain, in my heartache, I can cry out to God and he heals me. So don't stay in the pain, don't stay in the unspoken even though it feels like it because prayer can change my mind and clear it up but prayer can also change my heart. And I go from heartbroken to whole and healed. Prayer changes things. It takes me from where I am to where I wanna be. Here's the third thing it does. Prayer changes my relationships. For some of you, this is why you came to church. This is why you're here today. You had no plans to come, but there's a relationship that needs God's favor, God's blessing, God's movement. Prayer changes my relationships. It could be friends, it could be family. Luke 6, verse 27 to 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and what? Pray for those who mistreat you. Sometimes it's the people close to us. Don't, don't raise your hand. Sometimes it's the people close to, closest to us that, that, that cause us to pray the most, isn't it? Your moms, your kids disrespect you. Ooh, I need to pray. I'm gonna lost my mind on you right now. Best friend turned their back on you. That hurt. The relationship is fractured. I gotta pray. My significant other did something that really hurt me. They lied to me. They cheated on me. They let me down. I need to pray, I gotta pray. Prayer changes my relationships. That's what the pastor said, I need to pray. Uh, when Vanessa and I do some premarital counseling, one of the sections that we'll take our couples through is conflict resolution. It's one of the best sessions that we do, conflict resolution. Uh, b b because, l listen, whenever I hear couples say like, ah, oh, we never argue, I'm like, bro, you, you haven't met her yet, like, you don't know each other. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> You need to just spend some more time, hang out a little bit longer. Like, drive together, just drive a little bit. Eventually, just keep driving. You know I mean? Go out to eat, see what happens. <laughs> but we teach that con conflict resolution and, and there's three things that you can do. This is, this is free, this isn't even about prayer, but it's, it's, it's extra credit right here. Three things you can do when dealing with conflict resolution in relationships. When you're not getting along, 
One of three things. First, you can meet in the middle. Okay, we're just gonna agree to disagree. We're gonna agree that, you know what, this is not big enough for us to just argue about. We're gonna meet in the middle. I see it your way, you see it my way. We're gonna meet in the middle. Sometimes meet in the middle doesn't work and you have to, one of them, meet on their side. One of you lays down your position and says, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. We're not meeting in the middle. You don't see it my way, but I'm mature enough to see it your way. And we can't meet in the middle, but I'm gonna meet on their side. That's number two. The third thing, if that doesn't work, we're not, nah, 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 I'm right. I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm right. As you can meet later. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just meet later. Is go away and what? And pray. We're not, nah. Meet later. And come back and pray. One of the markers of a great relationship is that when two people experience conflict, instead of running to social media, they run to pray. Instead of running to their friends to gossip, and this, this, this player's tripping, he's tripping. Girl, we're going out. You run to prayer instead. It's one of the hallmark markers. Prayer changes things, and one of the most important things it can change, it changes my mind, it changes my heart, but it can also change my relationships. Here's the fourth thing. Prayer changes my authority. Ooh, I like this one a lot. Prayer changes my authority. That's your power. Mark 9, verse 28 to 29 says, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And then Jesus replies, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Jesus' disciples, they're, they're out in, in the city and this man brings his son to the disciples and he says, hey, he, he's demon possessed. It's all messed up inside. Do something about it. And the disciples can't do anything. Whatever they were trying uh, wasn't working. And I, I always wonder myself, like, what were they doing that wasn't working that Jesus rebukes? It'd be like, this, it, only, it only works if you pray. And, and, and you know what's interesting? I studied a little bit this week that a lot of historians think that there are some Jewish traditions that, that they would kind of practice like rituals and, and, and maybe they've learned some of these things and so they're out there burning sage over this thing. And you know what I mean? They got the crystals out. I don't know. But Jesus says, no, no, no. This kind can be cast out only by prayer. How many of you know there are certain kinds of things in your life that only come out with prayer? There are certain types of addictions and habits and burdens and pain points and, and trauma that doesn't come out with, with, with positive thinking. It doesn't come out because of counseling. It won't come out because of sage or because of grandma's rosary. And I'm not trying to come against a, a certain fate, but I'm just saying there's certain things that, that, that need prayer. There's a different type of authority that we need with certain problems. I don't know if anybody came to church today needing anything prayed out. You, you, you can't just talk to it. You, you, gotta, you gotta call it out so you can pray it out. There's, a, there's anxiety in the room. I know that. There's, there's pressure. There's fear. There's addictions in the room. Pornography. I'll just do it right now. I just, Lord, we just pray right now. We, we cast out in Jesus' name all addictions, alcohol, drugs, sexual addictions, pornographic habits right now in Jesus' name. Anxiety go right now in Jesus' name. We speak to the fear in someone's heart today. We speak to the frustration. We speak to the unforgiveness that's in the room today. We cast it out in Jesus' name. There's a different authority that we have in Jesus' name. 
Other things don't work. You gotta call it out by Jesus' name. There's an authority that he gives us. Jesus knows it. You know who else knows it? Satan knows it. And I'm not the devil, but if I was, one of my main strategies to take you out would be to get you to stop praying. Because there's an authority and a power that God gives us in Jesus' name to pray. Prayer changes my authority. We have power in his name. Here's the last thing. Prayer changes things. It's the difference between where I am and where I want to be. Prayer changes my mind. It changes my heart. Prayer changes my relationships. It changes my authority. The last thing I want to tell you, prayer changes is my future. Prayer can absolutely impact, change your future. I want to show it to you in scripture if you don't believe me. James chapter five, verse 16 through 18. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And what happened? It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Are you kidding me? In verse 18, again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Elijah was just like you and me, human, human. But he prayed for no rain. And guess what? God answered the prayer and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then one day he decides, you know what? Drought's over, God, bring the rain. And what's he do? He brings the rain. That's powerful. Elijah understood that prayer changes things. It can even change our future. It's the difference between where I am today and where I wanna be tomorrow. I was trying to think of how I could really emphasize this today with you. There's a couple categories of people in my mind that I've, been thinking about, and the first story that I have in my mind is of the, the single person, and the single person's been praying, or maybe you haven't been praying, and that's the reason why, it's just there's so much tension. You're trying all these other things, but you haven't been praying about this season, because you're single, but you want to be in a relationship. Start praying. Why? Because prayer changes things, and it moves me from where I am to where I want to be. And so if I'm single today here, and I wanna be there, I, I gotta pray. I, I have to begin to pray because I'm in this spot today, I'm single. There's nothing wrong with being single, but if that's your season and you wanna be somewhere else, I gotta begin to pray and say, Lord, I, I'm here today, thank you for where I'm at, but I desire to have a spouse. I desire to have a husband. I desire to have a wife. I need to pray, Jesus help me, bring him, bring her, bring this person to my life because I wanna go from where I was to where I wanna be. Prayer changes things. God, give me my spouse and I'm here because of prayer. Thank you, God. I went from where I was to where I wanna be. Maybe now you're in the relationship. Now you can't have kids. God answered that prayer, but. As soon as you got what you got and what you wanted, you stopped praying. Now we can't have kids. Have you prayed about it? Because prayer can change that thing too. And prayer can get you from here to where you wanna be. So Lord, I'm gonna begin to pray. Jesus, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my, my relationship. Thank you that we got married. Thank you, Lord, for all that you did. But Lord, we can't have kids and I just want a family so bad. And now I'm filled with anxiety and depression because I just compare myself to their story and I compare myself to Instagram and, and all my girlfriends, all of them got babies. Now I'm the only one out here 
solo bolo at the club, still trying to get it. Because I can, I don't need babysitters. <laughs> All this extra money, you know what I'm saying, parents? Jeez. Lord, give me, would you give me kids, Lord? Would you help me be a mom, Jesus? Would you help me be a father, Lord? I'm praying. And God takes me from where I was to where I wanna be. Thank you, Lord, for the kids. Thank you, Lord, for the family. And there's someone here today that you just graduated, you just finished a season, and you feel like you're stuck, and you've been dreaming about that business, dreaming about that idea. And you, you, you've written it down, it's on the wall, it's on the boards, you got the pictures, telling everybody about your vision, telling everybody, everybody about your dream, but you haven't prayed about it. And you just, you just, you're just not moving. Did you know that prayer changes things? And prayer can take you from where you are, your dream and your vision, to where you wanna be and living it out. So Lord, I just, I just pray today. You gave me this vision, you gave me this dream, you gave me this passion in my heart. You gave me this hope, I haven't been praying, but today I'm, I'm making a commitment to now live a life of prayer. I'm gonna live it out, I'm gonna walk it out, I'm, I'm gonna believe that you can change it, that you didn't give me this dream just to dream it, you didn't give me this idea just to ideate it, you gave me this dream and this vision to live it out with great purpose, to change the world. And I'm praying that you would bring it to pass. Lord, give me the business, I'll do it for your glory. I'll use the resources for your church, your glory, so that people would know that you've filled my life and that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I've prayed about it. And now I've gone from just dream to now I'm living it out. I've got the business, I've got the purpose, I've got the plan. He's given me the potential, I'm living it out. I'm walking by faith because why? I'm a person of prayer and prayer changed my life. I went from where I was to now where I wanna be, where I'm supposed to be, where God wanted me to be, where God was bringing me to be. I'm here because of prayer. I said, Lord, you can do it. What I can't do, you can. It changed my life in Jesus' name. So I want you to think today, where are you in your life? Prayer has the power to change things and it can change from where you are to where you wanna be. Think about your dating life. Think about your classes. Think about your business. Think about your dreams, your family. Jesus wants to change it. Jesus wants to bring you to your next. He wants to bring you to your full potential. But it begins with prayer. Should bow your head, let's close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you today for prayer. What a gift that we can come to you right now and pray in Jesus' name. And we don't have to stay where we are, but we have answers. We can go directly to you and send you a message and we can get revelation from your word and you can speak to us through people, but we can go right to you right now in this moment and pray and talk to the God of the universe who holds my unknown future in his hands. So today, that's what we do, Lord. We place our mind, our heart, our relationships, our authority that's in you, and our future, our unknown future, in the hands of an all-knowing God. We say thank you. Lord, there's one prayer that maybe supersedes all the other prayers. And it's that prayer to begin a relationship with you, Jesus. And so with everybody's heads bowed and your eyes closed, there's somebody here today that needs to make that decision and pray that prayer. And confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. Pray to receive forgiveness of your sins. And with no one looking around, if that's your prayer today, I want you to pray this in the quiet of your heart. 
I want you to pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've fallen short of your goodness and your glory. I believe though that you died for me. I believe that you love me and I believe that you've forgiven me. Come into my life, change me forever. I confess you as Lord of my life. I confess you as my healer. I confess you as the leader of my family. I love you, thank you. Now, everybody's heads bowed, eyes still closed, in the room and online, if you prayed that prayer, would you just let me know right now by putting your hand up? Just slip your hand up right now, one, two, three, hands up in the air, you prayed that prayer, awesome. Hands all over the room, that's great, God bless you, you can put them down. Lord Jesus, thank you for every single life, every single soul, every single yes that prayed today to you to change their life. They went from one side of eternity to the next because of prayer in the name that's unlike any other name. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, let's bless them, come on church. Let's welcome our family. Welcome all of our new family into the kingdom of God.